Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on the Trinity, looking at the small cult articles and a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and a faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we are on our New Testament episode for uh, the Small Called Articles here. Yeah. Article 2, article which two. is an incredibly short article to yes. squeeze... Uh, to squeeze four episodes out of, but uh, we, we have managed. We have we have not ever seen a stone we can't try to ble- bleed just a little bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're pastors, hey? That, that's there's, what we do. There's never yeah. been a dead horse we won't beat at least once. <laughs> at least nice. once. Oh, wow. Awesome. Uh, good. Yeah, so we've had a lot of great discussions here about uh, the Holy Spirit, especially um, thinking uh, about the filioque as well. Um, have we ever yeah. defined that? What's that? Uh, the filioque. I so, think we did know, the first. The yeah, filioque is the Latin translation of the Greek of the Son. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when, when in the Nicene Creed, when we say the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, the Latin word for and the Son is filioque. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just wanted to be clear for because mm-hmm. we keep saying filioque and we're going to have people like naming their kids filioque so, and all that stuff. And, so all of the, yeah, all of the emails we get from John Langness for the previous three weeks, John, now, you know, we addressed it. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> the official that guy of the Being Lutheran uh, podcast, yeah, John yes. Langness. Shout out, John. J-O-N. No. Uh, all right. So today, you know, we've decided to look at John 15, um, just two verses, verse 26 and 27. And uh, yeah, there's... There's, there's great uh, Trinity discussion here um, talking about the Holy Spirit and, and Father and Son as well. So I'll just read that for us. We can launch into a discussion of and that. Uh, Brett, read yeah. 16.1 with it. I think that's a nice round out yeah, of the thought. So, sounds good. Um, all right. So John 15, uh, starting at 26 and going through 16, verse 1. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also... Also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Uh, here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. 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 All right. So uh, the Holy Spirit is called the Helper here. The Holy Spirit is called the Helper, and more pertinent to the theology we're discussing in the immediate vicinity is yeah. that Jesus literally says, "I will send." <laughs> so yes, you yeah. know, it's. I mean, uh, again, I, I I just say that as a joke because. Yeah. I, I, but you know, Not to I make don't light of the the theological truth here. But, I, yeah. I know a couple of people in the uh, Greek Orthodox mm-hmm. or various other Orthodox church. I know a Russian Orthodox man that I'm, I'm friends with, and I consider them uh, all brothers in Christ, and, yeah. I, and I love them and recognize we have differences in this case. I just don't know why. I, I don't know what the fuss is, and I don't know how the Orthodox interpret these verses. Right. If you were to hazard a guess as to, if you were to ask that to them or to others in, that, in those traditions, what do you think they would say? 
I I think my understanding of Greek Orthodoxy is they really embrace the mysticism, and so they favor a much more simple and concise confession of theology because they embrace the mysticism. Okay. So, so uh, you know, in my, in my study notes for when I wrote the lesson and I did my research on the history of the filioque, it was just that they thought it was unnecessary to say from the son, that they, they mm. think it's fine that the father sends. And, and so, you know, maybe in the Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox or capital O Orthodox conception of things, it better defines the role of the father and better defines the role of the son and better defines the role of the spirit in their mind. I don't know, but it's, you know, when, when it comes down to the historical arguments in part fall on one church thinking it's not necessary and one church pointing at the Bible, you know, Will Smith meme style and going, <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, then I kind of yeah. chuckle at that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to Google it actually to see what oh, would they yeah. say. Yeah. You know, just out of curiosity. Sure. But I, I couldn't find anything more yeah. intelligent than what actually probably a lot of things more intelligent what Jason was saying. But yeah, basically that. <laughs> and, 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 and intelligent, more intelligent. The key uh, phrase. And I was going to yeah. say. Uh, Jordan Cooper, yeah. uh, surprise, surprise, has a pretty firm understanding of what the Greek Orthodox confess, so it might be worth picking his brain sometime. Yeah. And like I said, I'm sure in his uh, uh, we're just history of videos, to to... yeah, we're we are we are. <laughs> Uh, we we are the Dominican Summer League compared to Jordan's Major League, uh, as far as minor league baseball is yeah, concerned. Yeah. When I was in high school, I my, my basketball number was number three, and I wore Allen Iverson shoes. And I had a friend look at me one day, goes, he, "You're not the answer," because you know, <laughs> yeah. for, for our listeners yeah. who don't know, that was Allen Iverson's nickname. And, and he goes, well, "You got to be something's wrong with you." You're the question. That's what we're going to call you. <laughs> and that's what we are as a podcast. We're not the answer. Yeah, we're the, we're question. the question. You're yeah. going to come Jordan's up with a lot answer. of questions. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Jordan Cooper, C-O-O. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good. In, uh, in uh, basketball, when we were allowed to, I wore number 17. Oh, and, uh, why? Like a well, Canadian. Well, yeah, Chris and, Mullen? No. And they, so people ask me, why, why do you wear number 17? I say, Mark Grace. And uh, that's all you need to know about my basketball <laughs> career. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. So, yeah, case closed here, right? Verse 26. Yeah, we solved it all. Yeah, I, yes. I will he send. Will send. I will send to the Father. The, yeah. There we go. Uh, but, yeah, there's a, I mean. This Again, is, it's just loaded. Yeah, a lot and, of Trini Trinitarian. And we see here, looking at the context of the paragraph before and everything that falls afterwards, which is we've already done a study. You can look up the the, the John 16 study we did on the threefold work of the Spirit, yep. and we've alluded to that in recent episodes. But God... Episode 66, by the episode way. Episode 66. Look, Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Your bow on the spot. I like it. Uh, when the Helper comes, and that's the official translation of the ESV for paraclete, right? Uh, which, though paraclete... Paraclete can be translated advocate, which puts the Holy Spirit in much the same role as Jesus Christ as far as applying the gospel and declaring the gospel. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a purpose to this. There's a trickle-down effect, and the immediate context is Christian persecution, right? Christian persecution and the assurance of salvation, which are two halves of the same coin when you look at it, because without the assurance of salvation, we'll never stand on our faith when we're attacked for it. And again, Jesus puts right into the middle of this discussion the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in sustaining our faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I think of paraclete, you know, the, the calling alongside of, you know, the yep. one who is there in the time of need is, is another aspect of that word that comes out to me. You know, he's there 
And he's, he's something that uh, he, we need him. We can't function without him. So these are the things, you know, when the helper comes, um, you know, y- you need it to bear witness about me, as the text says. You'll, you'll bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. But you'll remember, they don't remember a lot what, what had happened from the beginning. And they certainly did not. He's talking to the disciples now, the, the apostles. He said, uh, you know, you, you don't, you're not going to remember all this. And, but, but there's going to come a time where I'm going to send you the spirit. He's going to call to, you know, help you remember all that was said and done here. And, and he's going to give you the, what, what it meant. And now when, when all of those explanatory notes come in the word, we are the secondary recipients of that exact promise. Because when, when he calls to, you know, to mind for them, all that they'd heard and said, we then, as they, as they give us that word, as it comes down and as the spirit himself helps us to interpret the scriptures as we read them, like we are the beneficiaries of this promise. That's what's, that's what's happening here. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the spirit does a distinct and specific work, right? You know, we, this, this passage in John does not give us room for the cosmic free agent does whatever he wants to, you know, traipsing through the lilies of the valley kind of a thing (laughs) in the garden, in the garden. He walks through the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses kind of a thing. But, but another, this, this, these are another set of verses where we can, can do some corrections and bad translations and bad concepts, you know, uh, for, for the, those valiant Christians who don't have knowledge of, uh, the original languages, but have tried to do a Strong's word study to help enrich their Bible study. This is one of the areas where I've heard taught poorly because the word witness in Greek is literally the word martyr. And oh, what our yeah. human nature is, is uh, um, that to to kind of order that so that to be a witness is to be a martyr, right? And so you you it kind of ends up being a glorification of martyrdom, which we should be prepared for, but we don't need to seek out. And we actually want to teach that in reverse, mm-hmm. is that yeah. the word martyr came to be the word martyr because you were a witness. Right. And so that yep. even the dying for your faith is a witness and testimony. It's not that the purpose of the yeah. witness and testimony is Stand, to die for your faith. Standing on that witness all the way to the point of death. Yep. yep. And so the the again, the the focus is on the words of the gospel that the Spirit gives us first and primarily for our benefit as the persecuted, but then also for the benefit of those who would persecute and witness our persecution. Mm-hmm. Looking at this. Um, you will also bear witness because you've been with me uh, from the beginning. Uh, what was I going to say here? And all these things I've said to you to keep you from falling away. Uh, verse 1 of 16 that you read, that that assurance of um, yeah, to keep you from falling away, you're going to need this helper. Talk to me about that, somebody. It just st- stood out to me. Yeah, I'm trying to resist picking on uh, the P in uh, tulip, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't right, think it's right. necessary, but but you know, it, it's yeah. absolutely. Well, I'll pick on Charles Sturgeon, okay, Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon, Did you say Sturgeon. You said Sturgeon. 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 Yeah, because Spurgeon. Spurgeon, not Sturgeon. Were you just seeing if we were awake here? No, I was. That's Freudian slip. Thinking oh, about okay. fish instead of fish. Calvinists. Yes, uh, but. Spurgeon has this quote, and I'll paraphrase it poorly, and, and, and the people who are holding us accountable, which we appreciate, will, will inform me. But <laughs> Spurgeon has this quote that said, uh, in support of the perseverance of the saints, that uh, God, the, the nature of sin is of such that if we could lose our salvation, we would lose our salvation. 
But but here, although I don't necessarily think this is a proof text for the ability to fall away, here it's very clear that the reason we don't fall away is the work of the Spirit. Yeah, right. It's, it's not a matter, matter of potentiality. It's a matter that the Spirit sustains us, which goes back to the third article of the Creed, right? Mm-hmm. That we have been called enlightened mm-hmm. and equipped by the gospel yeah. to be Christians mm-hmm. and, and forgiveness of sins, yeah, resurrection of from the dead, life eternal. Yep. And, and that is the, and, and Luther explains in both the small catechism and in the large catechism, the purpose of the third article of the creed is that listing of items under the Holy spirit are the means by which the spirit uses to keep us in the faith. So I believe in the Holy spirit and then the Holy spirit works through the Holy Christian church, the communion of saints, which Luther means the congreg, which Luther says means the congregation, uh, I guess start at the beginning. It's like jumping in the sins, the resurrection resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Those are the tools that the Holy Spirit uses Hmm. to sanctify us and keep us in the faith so that it's just not an abstraction listing of pious things. Right. You know, the, the preaching of the resurrection matters. The hope of eternal life matters. The application of the gospel matters to the Christian. Mm hmm. Brett, what else do you got for us over there? Yeah, you know, as I, I'm thinking about this here, and, um, you know, I know, Jason, you you talk about yourself as a systematician here. Um, I, I'm thinking about how you, you look at a number of verses that speak about what the Spirit is and what the Spirit does. And oh. uh, I guess, how, how do you read a text like this and, and pull it together with other texts to get a picture of what the Spirit does? The, so again, I, I I think the best way is to keep your brain firmly rooted in the third article of the creed. That's where the spirit operates, right? Mm-hmm. The spirit operates through the yeah. word of God for the purpose of applying the gospel. So that even we go back to our Isaiah study from last week, we talked about how the spirit works through the preaching of the law, but then the, the doctrine that undergirds the preaching of the law is that the law is always in service to the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. That where there is repentance of sins and conviction of sins, there is forgiveness for those who would call out to God in repentance and cry for mercy, Right, And so the spirit is firmly married to the outcome of the gospel. That's the role of the spirit. And that goes, as you read into verses five and following the threefold work of the spirit, the spirit works to convict us of judgment or convict us of sin so that we repent, to convict us of righteous so that we know that what Jesus has done for us and to convict us of judgment so that we know that Satan's a defeated foe. And all of that will round back to the section we're currently on in John 15 and 16, because the whole point of what Jesus is talking about is like, hey, apostles, you 11 guys, he's like, you, 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 not you, 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 kind of a thing with Judas. Uh, he's like, hey, you guys, you're all going to die for the faith. Uh, and you, John, the one who's not going to die for the faith, you're going to suffer greatly until you're 90, right? You're, you're, this is what's coming. And it's it's a clarion call for all Christians to realize that the suffering of the Christian life marks everything we do. And that was the danger of the the the, the moral... Republican movement. What's it called again? The religious right. Religious right. The moral yeah. majority. That's moral the one. majority. The moral majority is that we were raised. All of us, the three of us, were raised in an environment where a majority of Christians were offended when society didn't receive us gleefully. You know, when society didn't celebrate us in the way that society wants us to celebrate LGBTQIA plus 
stuff, right? And the church for a period in history got away from the reality that God intends the Christian life to be cross-bearing and persecution. And a lot of that is ordinary service of neighbor, but some of that is because the world hates us. Some of that is because Satan's always there flinging fiery arrows at us. Yeah, and that's verse 25, right before ours. They hated me without cause, you know, that that the reality is going to be, if they they hated me, they're going to hate you. They're not going to like your message. It's interesting there, the reason they're not going to hate, you know, it's the same message, mm-hmm. the same spirit, the same message, the same declaration of law and gospel, the same declaration exactly. of the forgiveness of mm-hmm. sins. You, you, that is not going to be a popular message. And it's, it, it's powerful here to me that the spirit of God is the one giving them not just the, the message to speak, but the comfort in that moment too, that we don't have to be the popular ones. In fact, the, uh, the, uh, I think it's Rosaria Butterfield um, who wrote the gospel comes with a house key. Uh, she also confessions of an unlikely convert. convert. Yeah, uh, and Great I think books. it was in the I think it was in that book where she said that the church has always played better. Because basically, her point was, how do you minister or witness to those who are living in some sort of uh, you know same sex lifestyle, that sort of thing? And he goes, she, she said, you know, we, we got to stop being the the religious right, and we need to start being the church, and we we got to stop worrying about whether or not we're gonna we're going to be the popular ones or whether or not we're going to lose our influence because the church has always played better from behind. And that's because we have the Holy spirit. That's a great line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've always played better from behind. And, and so, and the reason we can say that, and the reason we can be confident in that and the thing that gives us comfort, the thing that gives us strength, the thing that gives us words, the thing that gives us assurance, we don't know what to say. The thing that give us hope, all of it is the Holy spirit. Yep. You know, all, all of them speaking systematically. And, and since we've been talking about trickle-down effects, mm-hmm. too, and, and how a rightly oriented theology of the Holy Spirit and, yeah. and the Trinity here, uh, why I'm not prone to panic when all of these things, you know, like the LCMS is dying, Lutherans are losing members, all of the mainline denominations are losing members, the church is shrinking, the church is losing. The reason I'm not prone to panic, one, is the promise that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. I take Jesus at his word. And two, the realization that we're coming out of a moment of cultural Christianity. I think it's right for us to expect that many participants in the church did not have a proper confession of faith, mm-hmm. that it was for a time culturally advantageous to be identified as a Christian. When the heat gets turned up, we find out that the church gets purified. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty biblical concept, right? Yeah, and I think that's true of all of the the um, the different studies that are coming out. You know, you hear about the nuns and the those individuals who are falling, you know, leaving the, the priests. Faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, those who, yeah. you know, the, the atheists and yeah. how people are leaving. I I don't. I think COVID was a convenient opportunity to exit. And and everybody's kind of hitting the panic button. I don't think a lot's changed. No. I think I think that those you know who are hearing the confessions um, of law and gospel in their church through the word as it, as it's preached, um, those who've trusted that by faith and walking, I, I think that's still there. I mean, there are as as. Uh, to mix all these metaphors and stories oh, of the Bible, I got another one seven thousand that have not bowed their knee to Baal. Right yep. there's the we, we still have that, and yep. and I don't know that it's uh, if you actually took the identity and put like social security numbers to everybody who we, it was in this camp or that camp, I'm not sure a lot of things would have changed. You know, I, I really don't. I think the the number who would have attended church would, but in terms of those who are in Christ and those who are trusting the gospel and those who are as as the text here says hating Christ without cause, I, I'm not so sure that'd be a much difference. So uh, 
to do this and to make it make sure that I'm not making it sound like legalism. But my my children, well, all all my kids are homeschooled, and so my three youngest boys, my wife just cycles them through the same units of of things, so she doesn't have to teach five separate sciences, kind of stuff like that. So my three boys are going through in science this year. It's uh, studying fish and aquatic creatures. And so when you're uh, when you are in the middle of the upper Midwest, nowhere near a, a liquid body of water, uh, and you have to study ocean creatures, what you do is you turn to YouTube. And my children watch this YouTube channel called The Fish Locker, which is a very popular channel about a a fisherman in Cornwall in England. So he's on the southern tip of England, and he teaches. Uh, uh, lobster trapping and coastal foraging and deep sea fishing and he teaches about the nature of fish and, and you know he has an appreciation for the environment without being an activist and everything and so there's this one video I sit down and watch it with the boys and I'm just fascinated I, this guy he's exotic he has an awesome accent he's, <laughs> he's I mean he looks like a marine kind of a thing yeah. and, and he's pulling up his lobster pots and like the lobster pots themselves are heavy he talks about it. And then when they're filled with animals, uh, they're heavier. And so he, you hear him bending over and groaning and throwing him onto this back plywood platform he's built onto his boat. And he's in the middle of this bay doing it. And he looks at the camera and he's always cheery. He never complains. He goes, well, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> and then and it's just a simple thing, yeah. but that's the point of what Jesus and what Paul communicate to us about the Christian faith. Now, it's not a matter of doing, but it's also not a matter of realizing that Christianity is not just sitting back and waiting for God to shower his blessings on you, right? There's, mm. th- there's difficulty involved. There's intensity mm-hmm. involved. There's pain and suffering and sorrow, even in the description of the ordinary activities of the faith, right? That that our love for our neighbor is a sacrificial love that causes us to suffer. One of the ways to think about vocation is you look at your vocations and God shows you who will cause your suffering. Yeah. I don't think it's legalism, but you got to be careful. Yeah. You, you, know, you, you, you have to be careful with the whole, you know, like, well, I... The danger is I could boast. The guy, the marine-looking individual, he's not a marine, he's an Englishman, right? Yeah, he's a fisherman. Yeah, he's a fisherman. You know, he could boast that he does it and you can't. That that would be the only thing I would say. You got to be careful with that. You well, know, yeah, obviously, anytime that we're looking, well, yeah, it's hard work, but I'm glad I did it. You know, Brett just doesn't have it, you know. Doesn't Brett have doesn't the have constitution any. for Brett's that. Brett's a little softer on the edges. Yeah. You know, unlike me, who's chiseled and like a, a Michelangelo That's statue. Right. Again, uh, we are not a video, <laughs> but we are a podcast. Face yeah. for radio, voice uh, for print. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. No, but I yeah. mean, that, that guy is a, a blue collar, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of hardworking guy. And, and there's something to commend for that attitude. It doesn't translate a one-for-one equivalent with walking the Christian faith because right. of the nature of work. And that's all I was saying. But, no. yeah. but it, the but point as, is, is it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. And if you take the idea of works or working and you direct it instead for our neighbor's benefit rather than our benefit before God, then it starts to make sense and it starts to come together. Yeah. Vocation. It's no longer about what we have to succeed at. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked about vocation. We've got to work it in sooner or later. Yeah, right. yeah but yeah. In, in, in all of this, to sum it up, because I know we need to round it mm-hmm. out, that's think of all of the areas of theology in the last four episodes we've touched on by having a properly ordered and right confession of the work of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. 
That's what this one sentence article is about. And, and it touches, I mean, we cover what, basically 80% of the concepts of systematic theology and just doing that, yeah. you know, roughly speaking. Yeah. So you, you start to see how that trickle down effect has on your theology, the importance of having a good foundation, the importance of the catechism and laying that foundation, and the importance of doctrine matters. Mm-hmm. The truth of scripture matters. Yep. Amen. Well, let's end the episode at that point. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time as we start a new arc of episodes. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are invited to the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary on March 13th and 14th as we hear from best-selling author Nancy Piercy. Professor Piercy will share insights from her books on gender and sexuality, demonstrating on how a biblical worldview is the solution to the challenges facing society as well as the church today. Register for live stream or reserve a seat at flbc.edu slash events. God bless you and have a great week.